Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 41 of the Average Cheese Podcast, the Eugene Robinson version of the Average Cheese. Thanks to Rhonda at RM Management and Dwight at DDGCustoms.com for sponsoring us. You can catch us on Twitter at AVG Cheese. You can also email us avgcheese at gmail.com. And like I say, every episode, you can find us on Facebook, though you'll find nothing new there. Episode 41 is the back half of the 2021 draft, rounds five through seven. There's also some talk at the end about guys who we think will be cut because guys were drafted. Again, thanks for listening. Go Pack Go. Fifth round, TJ Tadero Slayton, nose tackle, Florida, 173rd pick. 200th on Peter's guide. I'll just start with this guy. This is perfect. This is my second favorite pick in the entire draft. I love this guy. This is the guy that I've been looking for. Now, granted, it's the fifth round and it's not Christian Barmore, but Christian Barmore doesn't give me, Dale, the GM, what I want. I want Kenny Clark to play end in the 3-4 and this guy allows Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki to play defensive end on first and second down in Joe Barry's defense. This is the fat guy that I wanted. I put it on Twitter. If Anthony Rush isn't the guy, if he's not going to be the guy that's going to be able to take on blockers, then this is the guy. The knocks on him are he can't play three downs. I don't fucking care. I think he's perfect. I love him. He's my favorite new fat guy. If I'm going to get a jersey of a guy that is on the fringe, Todd said it's Jacob Capra from San Diego State, I'm getting a TJ Slayton jersey, oh and I will look ridiculous in it. Wow. So I love this pick. Todd, any thoughts on TJ Slayton from uh, I mean, Florida? as far as the pick is concerned, I'm just – you know, I wanted the, a defensive tackle much earlier, obviously. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I sort of think that, you know, this body type in the NFL is getting phased out. I kind of see it it's shifting to more of a more of an athletic sort of defensive tackle. I don't think that this guy possesses that. I, that's kind of where, I don't know, that, you know, Kingsley Kiki is a lot more athletic, right? And so is Kenny Clark. And I, I just think, I don't know. And yes, I you, you brought up a good, I didn't really consider, which is, it does allow Clark to move out. It does allow Kingsley Kiki to be on the other side. And you just have a big fat dude plugging up the middle, which that that to me makes sense. So I'm I'm not I'm not too discouraged after you hearing you say that. I, I would have liked a higher pick here and a little bit more of an uh, athlete. Your thoughts, Peter? Love it. I, I love I love this pick. Right. So I think that as long as everybody understands that this guy's one dimensional, right? And that's why he's going in the fifth round. But you don't ask guys to do what they're not capable of doing. 
right? So you know what you're getting. Yeah, absolutely zero technique, one technique, nose tackle, line him up in the middle and, and almost dare teams to run at you up the middle because they're not going they're not going to pass this guy. And within that one square yard, he'll do the job and, as you both said, enable Kenny Clark to move outside. Yeah, and he's not going to play 60 downs a game. You know, he's going to play 25, 30 downs a game, that kind of number. He'll do a good job in those 25 plays that he's out on the field. And yeah, no, I, th- I absolutely... Absolutely love love this pick for where it was in the fifth round. Feels a need. I, I, I like it. Like it a lot. The only problem is, right, he's going to come off the field on third down. That, he, right. That's why he's in the fifth round and he's not in the third round or whatever. Right. And, that, and, that's, and that's the point, isn't it? You know, don't expect to get a first round guy in the fifth round. The fifth, the fifth round is the fifth round. That, that's why he's there at that point in the draft. So you know that you're getting guys that have got, they're not perfect. They might be good at one thing, but there are other things they're not going to be good at, providing you ask them to do the things that they're good at. Right. Yeah. Putting them in a position to be successful. Yeah. And Todd, the, the other reason that you should love this pick is it may take your both your friends off of the line. Definitely Lowry. <laughs> I mean, Lowry is gone on June, June 1st, which is going to be a large celebration. I think it moves like almost $5 million in cap space freeze it up it's going to move some money and he won't be playing even if he's on the team he will not have to play any longer him and Lancaster there's no reason for them to be on the field unless they're winning by 30 there's never been a reason for them to be on the field that's fair there is actually there is a reason for them to be on the field and it's this right here I mean that's the reason they need to be on the team they keep Lancaster's around just But Lowry's gone. I'm surprised he isn't gone already, but now maybe he is. We can talk about that too. So I will start with, so fifth round selection to Daryl, my new favorite Packer, Slayton. I'm going to give him an A minus. I don't know that I can give a fifth round pick. Are we giving the grade to the the player or to the pick? I am, well, I'm giving, I'm, I'm a grown-ass man and an only child. So I do whatever the fuck I want. So I'm giving the man and the pick an A- minus because I think he is perfect. We talk about value all the time. Value is exactly what we're getting here. This is a fifth-round pick who f- plugs at 100% need on this line. And I think that if he was a little more athletic, he would have been a couple rounds earlier. So I am giving the fifth round pick to Daryl Slayton an A minus. Oh my God. <laughs> Why are you questioning my A minus? You give him your own grade. That's what we do here. I'm giving him a C because I'm still pissed that it took five rounds to get a fucking defensive tackle. So, so it's it's the, the only positives, the only positives that come out of this is that Dean Lowry will be looking for a new team. So this should be an A plus for you. I'm that's, stunned. That's the only reason you didn't get a D. Well, it's a C. <laughs> All right. You can <laughs> you can start ordering your Slayton jersey now. I will. Going to right now after we're done. Peter, great on. I'm, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a B. All right. We're all over the board there. It's hard to give a fifth round guy an A minus, but I am giving him one. Another fifth rounder, Shamar Jean Charles, defensive back. 
Appalachian State, 178th pick, not on Peter's guide. So maybe let's go to you, Peter. Why is he not on the on the draft guide? I thought that he would be. He's listed in the he's listed in the 300 there somewhere. 280 on my board. Oh, I missed him. My apologies. <laughs> First mistake um, of my life, right there. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I figured that he'd be set a seventh, probably a seventh round pick, that kind of region. Actually, it's quite a it's quite a nice player. He's one of those guys that as a corner actually finds the ball in the air, which is <laughs> sounds it sounds obvious, but you see so many of those corners that that cover well but still don't play the ball. Gene Charles certainly plays the ball, doesn't come up with as many big plays as you'd like for the amount of time that he has his hands on the football. And I think he's another guy that's he's a nice cover guy, but he's very grabby. He's even more grabby than Stokes. And he he's just not He's not an in-your-face physical guy like a Alexander. I think he's a little bit passive, right? So I think he's a good cover guy. And he can cover guys down the field, grabs too much, gives away too many penalties, does get his hands on the ball but doesn't make big plays. So there's kind of lots of pluses and buts with him. But I think at this stage in the draft, towards the end of round five, I'm not going to grumble at that pick, that pick play a bit of special teams. And again, I think, he, I think he makes the team. You know, I think that guys like... Kadar Holman, KB and Ento, even Josh Jackson, you know, they're all going to be probably struggling to make the team in front of Gene Charles. Uh, thoughts on this guy at all? He's slow. We're on the 4 5 1 or something for you. So it adds nice depth. I mean, they got a ton of they got a ton of guys just like this. Like Peter mentioned, the Kadar Holmans and and, you know, the Josh Jacksons, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Henry Black and, like, all these players, right? There's just a ton of these guys. Who knows? I mean, you, you just kind of roll the dice at this point with corners, especially in, in, in round five. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it adds depth, and does he make the team? Sure. I mean, but is, is he – could he come out of it and, and become something? You never know. History tells us that these types of guys, and the Packers have a lot of them on the squad, is they don't, so – Okay. I'm not real high on this pick. So I think that this pick is a decent pick if we take into account the Joe Barry defense. If we are going to play this star defense and a lot of guys are playing zone and this guy can react to the ball, then maybe he's a good pick. He's got to be a slot guy or a nickel guy, I would think. Uh, just from what you said, Todd, the 4-5 speed doesn't put you out there on every down, I would think. I, I think that puts you in the slot. He's not very big either. He's not long. I think it's a solid pick. I just, I don't know enough about him. Played at a small school, Appalachian State. Didn't set that world on fire. I think he had like two picks or something like that. So, you know, if he's playing the ball, but he can't catch the ball, like, okay, that's good to a certain extent. But if you have ball skills, then let's make catches and let's turn the ball over on guys. So I don't have a huge problem with him. It's the fifth round. If he doesn't do anything, like you guys have said, there are guys on the roster already like this. It's a younger version of what we already have, a a somewhat cheaper version. If he can't outplay the guys on the roster home and and so then he goes and you don't really miss anything for it because he's a fifth round. Danford Samuels, Will Redmond, Henry Black. The list goes on and on and on. It's Yes, there's a lot of guys on the roster that he's going to have to – well, he's going to have to take place of one. But 
there are a lot of guys on the roster at this point. So, Peter, let's start with you. Grade for Shamar Gene Charles. I guess at this stage of the draft, I'll go with a C. Todd, thoughts on him? Uh, D plus. I think there was other needs. I just think he just adds to the pool of guys that we already have. I go C plus on him. I don't know that he's a significant upgrade from any of the guys that we have. Maybe he is. If he can be fixed by Jerry Gray and he's not grabby, that might be a, a huge thing for him. And I think they really put a lot of, I don't know what the word is. They're putting, I don't want to call it pressure, but they expect Jerry Gray to fix guys. That's almost what it feels like. If Eric Stokes is grabby, but we have Jerry Gray to fix him, great. Shamar Jean Charles, grabby. Can we fix him? Great. He didn't fix Josh Jackson, though. Josh Jackson isn't grabby, but now he can't fucking cover anybody. So maybe maybe there's that. I don't know. So I give him a C plus. Six round. Cole Van Lannan, guard, tackle. He played tackle in college at Wisconsin. 214th pick. 283rd on Peter's guide. I'll go first with him. He's a Bayport native, so he's right from the Green Bay area. You know, I love Wisconsin linemen. They've just churned out a ton of guys over the years that are in the NFL. I just don't like Cole Van Lannan. And it's not because he didn't wrestle at Bayport, who has a very good high school wrestling team. I just don't, like the Wisconsin line has not been the dominant force in the last two or three years that it was five or six years ago. While they do clearly push out guys, Cole Van Lannan is not going to wow you with any part of his game. He's a little stiff upper body. Like if he doesn't get his hands on guys, he struggles with guys. Like he is not going to be able to get out there and move and his upper body doesn't bend. So you're going to get a straight line guy. He has to play guard in the NFL. I never see him as a tackle. He's a six round guy. So, so what? He's not going to be perfect at this point. That's what I have on Cole Van Lannan. Todd, any thoughts on Cole Van Lannan? Kind of the same as I just said on the last pick. Is like there's a bunch of these dudes on the roster, right? He just kind of adds to the pool of offensive linemen. I mean, thinking back to like last year's draft, like you mentioned, they have Stepaniak waiting in the in the wings. You got Hanson waiting in the wings. You got um, you know all these guys, and I just feel like he's just going to be another one of those guys. You know, roll the dice. Maybe he he pans out. Maybe he doesn't. Obviously, in in Wisconsin, it, he's going to be big deuce in the in the Bay in the Green Bay area, right? People are going to love this dude. So yeah, I'm obviously I'll be pulling for the guy for sure. I don't know. I I don't really see you know anything spectacular coming out of him right off the bat. So he's just adding depth to the chart. I guess in terms of the team's roster, I don't understand this pick. If the guy was an out and out tackle in the NFL. Well, it probably wouldn't be here in round six anyway. But if it was an out-and-out tackle in the NFL, I could understand that pick because I think at this stage with the guys that they've already got on the roster and the guys they've already picked, I think they've got enough guys that can play inside. I just don't see any way, as you described, I don't see any way that he plays tackle in the NFL for all, all kinds of reasons. So I think he kicks inside the guard and then I think he's just stuck in this mix of all the guys that we talked about, you know, the Jenkins and the Runyons and the Patricks and the... The other guy that you know Newman that they drafted and whoever else is is in that mix. I just don't. I think he ends up on the practice squad, and at best, yeah, yeah, and and maybe 
you never know with these guys. There's always one guy, isn't there, that that, that somehow when he gets into camp, if they have a camp and, and a preseason that looks a lot better than you expect. But I think on this team, just don't see how he makes the roster. And he's the one guy actually from the nine picks that I think has got the least chance of making the making the roster. So good player. I just I just don't I don't like the pick. So let's give him grades. I. I want to like Cole Van Lannan. I would love to see this pipeline from Wisconsin to Green Bay. I, there's a lot of guys over the years I wish we would have picked as Wisconsin linemen who have turned out to be very good players. This isn't that guy. I give him a D minus. I really want to go better, but I just don't have, I don't think he's going to make the team. I don't even think he's going to make the practice squad. I think he's going to be cut in camp. Either one of you can go if you'd like. D. D for Utah, Peter. Yeah, D for me. Yeah, and if you think back to the last draft, I loved all these guys in the sixth round that we picked last year, Runyon, Stepaniak, and Hanson. I thought that was those were great picks. But you know, and part of it, to be fair to to be fair to Van Lannan, is that it may have been that if another team had picked him in the sixth round, he'd have a better chance of making the roster. It just feels like he's picked in amongst a group of guys that are already there. And it's almost the one position at this stage where the competition's too much. Too many players there. Yeah. yeah. It's like that in the fantasy football draft when you're looking through guys, you're like, oh, I don't know who to pick. And the clock is starting to tick on you. Maybe the clock is starting to tick on the Packers. Like, oh, Cole Van Lennon. And they just picked him because they were out of time. All right, let's move on. Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker, 220th pick, 245th in Peter's guide. Very small, very small for a linebacker. Almost that Owusu Karamoa type player. 6'2", 215, senior from Boston College. Todd, any thoughts on Isaiah McDuffie? Again, this is a pick that I would have liked to see way at the top of the draft. Kind of shake the dice again on a guy like this, but he is undersized and he, he probably, you know, is going to struggle to make this team too. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't exactly love this pick. I don't feel as though uh, Martin, Kamal Martin, I don't think he's going to pan out as a starter. This guy is definitely not going to fill that void either. So I'm not real crazy about this pick. Raven Green. That's who I think this guy is. So he's a guy that, as the saying goes, plays with his hair on fire all the time. This guy goes 110 miles an hour every single play. And that's a good thing. And that's also a bad thing because he completely overruns plays as well. I think he's not great against the run from what from what I saw, but he's a better cover guy than I think he's given credit for. He can play special teams. I think he makes the team. And I think he's a better player than, than lots give him credit for missed 2019 with with a knee injury and I think he'd have gone higher in this draft if he hadn't missed 2019 I think the size is an issue the size is absolutely an issue but I but I think it's about how that how they use him and that's why I see him more as that kind of in between the safety linebacker hybrid if they continue to use that role I quite like the guy especially at this stage of the draft so I'm yeah I'm okay with that pick I'm okay with that pick I mean I, I think it puts you know the likes of Oren Burks and those guys, they've got, you know, I, I don't see any way that Oren Burks makes the team in front of this guy. So I think he makes it as the th- as the third inside linebacker. I think he makes the team in front of Ty Summers as well. Yeah, I mean, at this stage in the draft, I'm okay with this pick. I'm agreeing with you on the Raven Green thing. That's the size guy. And again, he's a sixth-round pick. It's not like he's a third-round pick, so I have to keep that in mind. But if I'm picking a Raven Green guy, 
I think I would rather pick a big safety than a small linebacker just for the coverage skills. Now, I don't know what kind of coverage skills he has, but I think I would rather have a slower, I'd rather have a Raven Green, a guy who is coming down from the safety position rather than a linebacker who plays linebacker. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I would rather have an athlete, more athletic guy, a safety guy with a little bit of hip flex and be able to turn and run with guys then I do want a small linebacker. That said, what you said is exactly what I think he is. He is a special teams guy. And if he plays with his hair on fire on special teams, then I like him. And so initially, I don't like the pick, but if he can play special teams and they can improve their punt coverage and their kick coverage from the abysmal mess that it was the last year or two, then I like the pick. So, Todd, let's give him a grade. Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker. D. I mean, th- we didn't address this, this glaring need that's been plaguing the Packers for forever. And you wait till this far along in the draft and you, and you get this guy. The only, pos- the only upside to this guy is that we might not have to, you know, witness Ty Summers and Lauren Burks. Peter, grade for Isaiah McDuffie. Yeah, I, I think of all the picks that he's the guy that may surprise. So I'm going to go for a C+. Plus. So he cannot be worse than some of the guys on special teams. He just can't. So I'm going to give him a B minus only because one, it's the sixth round and two special teams is a glaring need on this team. You talk about linebacker, you talk about defensive tackle. I agree with both of those. We needed a corner. Yes. We needed a center. Yes. We needed special teams guys because we don't have those guys. So the reason I'm giving him a B minus is because I think in the sixth round, if he can improve the special teams, that could drastically change the wins and losses for the Packers. So I give him a B minus. Last pick, Kylan Hill running back, Mississippi State, 256th pick, 140th on Peter's guide. So this is in Peter, this in your eyes, this is a value pick. In the seventh round, this is not a throwaway guy. For me, this is the best value pick the Packers made in this draft by a long way. This guy can play. I like him again. I like Jamar Jefferson, who went to pick after Kylan Hill. But I think with Hill on the board, I think I think he's an excellent picker. I liken him to Aaron Jones. I think he's very similar type back. He'll get to the outside. He's a nice pass receiver. Only played three games this past year, opted out, had a kind of niggling injuries and stuff. But, you know, rushed for 1,300-plus yards the year before. I really, really like this pick, especially in round seven. I wouldn't, you know, if they'd made this, if they picked this guy in round four, I wouldn't have been grumbling at all. So to get him in round seven, love this pick. This is my favorite pick of the whole draft for the Packs. Todd, thoughts on Kylan Hill? I like the pick, too. I don't know if I go as far as my favorite, but definitely to get, get somebody like this in the seventh round is, is a nice pick. You lose – this is the replacement of Jamal Williams. You lose him in the backfield, you replace him with a guy like this, a guy that's a hard runner. And apparently, this guy is, like, lightning fast for his size. Good size, 5'11", 210. That's nice size. And, and you throw in some speed. Wow. I mean, that's like Peter said. I mean, th- this is a super nice pick in this late stage of, of the draft. So maybe it is the best pick. I don't know. It's up there. This is a really nice pick, though. Well, we haven't gotten your grade yet, but we'll see. <laughs> well, let, me, let, me, let me mull this one over a little. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you what I think of Kylan Hill while you mull over your grade for him. He's Jamal Williams. 
That's who I see yeah. in Kylan Hill. He is not going to run 90 yards for a touchdown. That's not this guy. But they still have Aaron Jones on the roster. They don't need Kylan Hill to run 90 yards for a touchdown. They need a versatile guy who's going to come in and spell Aaron Jones. And I almost said Corey and A.J. Dillon. So if you've got a third guy that can play, you have just replaced Jamal Williams for zero dollars and zero cents. He's a seventh round pick. He is not going to make very much money for the next three years or however long a seventh round pick contract is. I love this pick too. This is the second year in a row where I really like the seventh round picks. I loved Vernon Scott last year in the seventh round. And I love Kylan Hill in the seventh round here. So Peter, I think we asked you first. So what's your grade on Kylan Hill? Yeah, I'm going to give that pick an A minus. Wow. That's your highest grade. And that's obviously based around where I would have thought he was going to go as compared to where he actually went. You know, I'm not saying that he's the best player that the Packers have picked, but I think in terms of value and where they've got him and filling a need, yeah, best pick for me. Well, 140th pick, I'm not great at math, but that's like third round. That's end of the third, no, end of the fourth round. Yeah. End of the fourth round. Todd? I got to give him an A on this one. I mean, th- this guy adds, like Peter mentioned, a ton of value. Just And like you said, Dale, I mean, I didn't even think about it that way. Just the money saved here. I mean, it's it's one for one. You swap out. Now, granted, he has to prove himself, right? But yeah, this is a great replacement for Jamal Williams. And you add uh, Dylan. I mean, th- this is going to be a nice backfield. And, and I think this guy sees the field as a seventh rounder. I really do. I, I think this guy actually gets into the mix. Maybe not in the very first uh, couple of games, but I, I think this guy sees some playing time. I will also give give it an A minus. You cannot, as we said it last year, and I will say it every year that we do a podcast, seventh round guys are just guys that you didn't want to become undrafted free agents. And that most of the time, but this is a guy again, that could have gotten picked earlier. So this isn't that guy. The fact that he didn't have to go into undrafted free agency and they got him It's a huge steal for the Packers. So I'm going to go A minus two. We will recap this at the end of the year, but we are far more positive than we were last year (laughs) at this time. (laughs) That's not going to be good for ratings. We should make up some shit. Just start cussing or something. I I assume that you're going to call Aaron Rodgers and get his grades. Yeah, I've been calling Aaron and he's not picking up. He doesn't want to hear what I have to say. I think that's what it is. It's fine, Aaron. They'll like you, but answer the fucking phone. When I call. So before we let both of you go, now we've got these guys on the roster. Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Amari Rogers, Royce Newman, Daryl Slayton, Shamar Jean Charles, Cole Van Landen, Isaiah McDuffie, Kylan Hill. Those guys are probably, if not all of them, most of them are going to make the roster. Who's cut? From the guys that you see on the roster today, who gets cut? Who lost in this draft? Yeah, any thoughts on that? So the question is who we selected in the draft will, will not make the squad? Sorry, let me be clear. Who on the current Packer roster is now going to be cut because of the guys that the Packers Lowry. drafted? It's easy. Lowry's gone. June 1st. Okay, Lowry. I'm writing these down. I mean, probably... You know, a bunch of the corners. I don't know, but, but look, it's it's hard to like make that assessment because, like I said, it's like there's just a whole huge pool of those same kind of guys. So you can't say like I just can't really say like, well, it's going to be Henry Black or it's going to be Kadar Holman or or whatever, right? I mean, they're all kind of the same. You get him into camp and you you get him on the field, and you get him start comparing him and getting him playing. That's the big one for me is Dean Lowry. 
Tyler Irvin, gone. Tyler Irvin, who was not re-signed, is, is not coming back. Well, there you go. I'm confirming what you're saying is that the Packers are not going to go after him now that they have the Mario. Sorry, I, don't, I don't think you see uh, Irvin or Lowry. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some borderline guys that were on the roster at the end of last year on the offensive line, like Ben Braden. I don't think he's coming back. I think one of those interior guys won't make the team, but I just... I just don't know which one. Probably Malik Taylor probably doesn't make the team. Amari Rogers right. instead of instead of Malik Taylor. And at linebacker, one of Ty Summers or Oren Burks doesn't make the team, or possibly both of them. But certainly one of those guys doesn't make the team. And my gut feel is that Josh Jackson doesn't make the team. I think it's probably time. I think after three years or whatever it is, I might be wrong. But I don't think there's going to be a huge improvement there. And it's probably, I think it's time that they'll move on there. And then one of Lowry or Lancaster won't make it. In an ideal world, you'd say Lowry because of the salary cap number, but because he's the starter, it might well be that Lancaster goes. I would cut Lowry because of the salary cap. I would cut him June the 1st. I maybe try and re-sign him at a, at a minimum and move one of the other guys on, but I suspect it's Lancaster that doesn't make it. You took a lot of my guys there, Peter. Josh Jackson, absolutely gone. I don't see why you would keep him on the roster. He's a boundary corner. You just drafted a boundary corner. Plus, you've got Kevin King on the roster still. I don't see a need for him. I think, Todd, what you said is right. KV and Ento, Kadar, Hallman, one of those guys, too, is probably going to go. I think they will keep Henry Black and Vernon Scott. I think their versatility is too great. I also agree that Oren Burks and Ty Summers both are expendable now. I mean, they were terrible on special. Oren Burks didn't play anything but special teams, and same same with Ty Summers, and they were fucking terrible at it. So this young guy really, knock on wood, can't be worse than either one of those clowns. I got one uh, more to add to my list. Oh, go ahead. St. Turd. St. Brown. Gone. Right Equinemius St. Brown? Yeah. St. Brown. Gone. I was really hoping they would draft his brother so they could cut him. That would be some real bachelor type shit right there. Like we're going to get rid of there's some family drama. We're going to take one and cut the other. I think Equinemius St. Brown is gone too. I don't know why he's still on the roster. I think Jake Hansen is gone. I don't think he's part of the plans either. I still think that Jay Sternberger, even though it has nothing to do with the draft right here, I think Jay Sternberger is not going to be a part of the roster. And we could talk about that later. I also think, Patrick Taylor, who I thought was going to make the team this year off the practice squad. He has, I think, zero chance of making the team now that Kylan Hill was drafted in the seventh round. Peter, any other names come to your head? I see you no, shaking your head. So I think you're right with Patrick Taylor. I think I think he ends up on the practice squad again. I think he only makes the team if there's an in- injury in, pre- in preseason. Yeah, I think you're right about Hanson. I mean, I didn't think Hanson was going to make the team anyway. I think I think they gave a big indication of that when they cut him last year and then brought him back onto the practice squad. I, I, I mean, I guess the interesting ones will be Stepaniak. You know, well, nobody's seen him. We just don't. We just don't know. You know, he he may come into camp physically ready to go and may blow people away. So I think that battle for those, you know, the inside roster spots is going to be one of the most intense battles. I suspect Equinemius St Brown makes the roster simply because there aren't any other guys. Unless they come up with a guy in camp, they're typically going to go with six wide receivers. And I think St. Brown makes the roster almost by default. 
Yeah, that's an area, second, third, fourth. Well, I guess the other one that's in that mix is Devon Funches. You know, what does Funches look like when he gets into camp, not having played for the best part of I don't know how many years? Right. Um, you know, he didn't play last year. He was hurt the year before. So it's going to be the best part of three years before he's, you know, since he's played. He may make the team or they may look at him and just, he may be one of the early cut, just can't tell. I mean, going into camp, he's a number two, right? I, mean, I think he is. You have to think and until he proves otherwise, I guess. But where does he play then? You know what I mean? Because now they've got Amari Rogers in the slot. And, and Funches is a bigger body, but I don't see Devin Funches playing out on Equinomia St. Brown is more of an outside guy than Devin Funches. So Devin Funches now gets pushed to the other side They when they got four wide receiver sets. I am a big fan of Devin Funches, so I'm not trying to say he's cut, but I don't know where his role is. He better be the best version of, him, of himself. And I think he'll end up on someone else's roster. But I don't know if he makes this wide receiver rust. So before we go, we've got all these individual grades. Peter, we'll start with you. What do you give the Packers overall draft grade? Because I've seen it most of the guys. In fact, I have a chart right here. I know this is an audio podcast that I have all the grades for all the teams. And some dumbass from fan sided, his name is Matt Lombardo. Gave the Packers an F. <laughs> what in the fuck? What an idiot. You know what that is. That's just clickbait for fan side. So to go back to it, Peter, an overall grade for the draft. I guess somewhere around a B minus, I think. Somewhere, somewhere very close to between B minus and C plus. So let's, let's be positive and go with a B minus. Okay. What makes you think B minus C plus? What did we not do? Or where did the Packers go wrong? I think for me, and it's a word that I overuse, I think it was a solid draft where the majority of picks went slightly higher than I thought they should have done. And that's that's just me. But, uh, you know, across the board, you know, most of them were about 20 to 30 picks higher than they, than they should have done. And there were one or two guys, certainly in the early picks, as we touched on, that were on the board when they picked that I would have preferred them to take. I don't think there's any terrible picks in there. I think they've all got an opportunity to make the team. I think eight out of the nine will make the team. I think they all upgrade the team. The thing that knocks it down for me is the value was not quite there for all of those picks. It was close, but not quite. Todd, your thoughts? C plus. I mean, I I agree with Peter that there, there's a lot of nice picks in here, but it just seemed that, I mean, for me, the glaring need is defensive tackle and inside linebacker, not to repeat myself a million times over. But without addressing those two positions high in the draft, I can't give them anything above a C plus. Now, I, I mean, I like Stokes. I, I do like that as a pick. And I do like Josh Myers as a center. And I think Kylan Hills was brilliant. And I, Amari Rogers is going to play out on the field like immediately. So without addressing those needs and then kind of balanced out with uh, selecting those players, I'm going to have to give them a C plus. I am the most positive of the three of us. If I look at, and that's, that's rare, I'm usually the one cussing the most. I just think that when you go through the needs, like you just said, I do think we address needs. The only need, and I don't think it's that high of a need, is linebacker. And I don't think think otherwise, corner, yep. Center, yep. Wide receiver, yep. Big fat guy, yep. 
third running back to replace Jamal Williams? Yeah. Like I just look down the list and I see needs filled and I see them filled with guys that are upgrades. I mean, not in center. I mean, you're not going to upgrade from Corey Lindsley, but you got a guy that can start day one. Amari Rogers starts day one. Eric Stokes, I think by week six is a starting corner. I think you've just plugged a lot of holes. And for that, I give it a B. Anything else we want to talk about before we go? I'm good. Did you mention Aaron Rodgers at all? No. No. Want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Well, well, so at the very least, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't make the team, surely they can reuse that jersey for Amari Rodgers. Yeah. They could just put him. I know he wanted to be eight, but he could have been 12. <laughs> you almost feel like you'd do that deliberately, wouldn't you? Yeah. As a middle <laughs> finger. This is the second combination of Rodgers to Rodgers, right? Right. Rodgers to Rodgers. Exactly. That may or may not have been on Twitter four million times after the Packers picked him in the third round. Well, he used to have that other tight end, Rodgers. Richard Rodgers. Yeah. I just think this was a good draft for the Packers. I'm very happy. I'm very disappointed as we've talked about all the talk has gone towards Aaron Rodgers and not towards this, what I think is a very good job by the Green Bay Packers front office, but it is what it is. We will see soon when they extend that olive branch by signing Jake Kumaro to the practice squad or, or signing him to a free agent contract, then we'll know that they really want Aaron back. All right. We appreciate all of you for listening. Thanks to Peter for staying up. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. So that's an early day for you. And two o'clock. Is it two? Yeah. Oh, boy. We're going to start doing these in the afternoon. And thanks to Todd. We, I know you're a busy, busy dude. I'm the only one that has nothing to do tonight. So that's right. it. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go.